Welcome everyone to the REST podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. So for today, Kirby Hanner, a client of Virginia's, massage therapist, young widow of late Chris Hanner, and single mother to her amazing, beautiful son, is here to speak on the most recent season of life she grew through and what it means to finish well. Kirby, I am so thankful that you are here. I had the privilege of working with you and Chris for two years, a little over two years about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me. So you've got a great big story about seasons of life. And the reason I wanted you to join us or I asked you to join us and I asked Natalie if it would be possible to add an extra episode in this narrative of seasons of life that we're having during the month of January is because sometimes those seasons are cut short and it feels like we're hit with everything at once and then we're numb and feel nothing and then we're drowning with everything at once and we naturally pull from resources. What did I do when I was planting and learning and what did I do when I had to show up and fight and what did I do when I trained? And we tried to draw from all these experiences we have in life, right? Other seasons of life. And we can't even breathe. So I want you to tell everybody your story and tell us a little bit about Chris. Oh, well, I guess Chris was, as you know, one of the smartest, <laughs> most brilliant guys that I've really ever met. And very articulate, very... He was a constant grower, if that makes sense. He was a learner. Yeah, a learning. learner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he just had a hunger for knowledge. And I think, you know, even as our story kind of began with you, you know, coming to see you after his second diagnosis with cancer, it was such a good fit, you know, bringing rest into his life and being able to really, like we talked about putting those variables together for him as to where the conflict in his body was coming from. You listened to our first meeting together. I did. You found it, recorded yes. on his phone. He was one of those people that said, Virginia, can I record everything? Because yeah. we had had some comprehensive conversations while I was doing my rounds on the floor at the clinic. And he knew what he was in for when he came to talk to me one-on-one. And it was just so sweet. And I said, of course, record everything and listen to it as many times as you can. And I never dreamt that you'd be listening to our first conversation alone. So tell us a little bit about that. First off, I always love hearing his voice. So it's very <laughs> special that he was able to do that with you. And the very first session that you had with him, he had already had Evox once. So he kind of knew what was going to happen in the session. But as you were reading what was going on in his body, you could hear in his voice. Obviously, I couldn't see him since it's just a recording. But I was able to hear just a progression throughout the hour that you sat with him, just showing how much he was holding on to. I'm melting away a little bit of some. Right, right. And he was very hesitant at first. 
to talk. And then as, you know, the process went on, he was really just able to kind of open up and you could hear like the release in his voice. Mm-hmm. And I know that even when he came home, he was excited to talk about his session with you. That's and rare. Yeah. No, I mean, we see yeah. it all the time, but it's not, doesn't happen often. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was excited about what the future of it was going to hold. He wasn't necessarily thrilled about everything that it brought up, but he was excited about the healing that he knew that he was beginning that process. And for our listening audience, what Kirby is describing is I use a number of modalities and I have a number of resources to help people identify the disparity between the stories they tell themselves and what the body's holding on to. And so early on in my conversations with Chris, I saw a giant gap. I knew that was feeding the confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in his own anatomy and in his body. I always know my goal and my aim is to reconcile those two narratives. So what happened is we were talking about some specific things that are private, but his body wasn't going along with it. And I could see, by the way, by the look in his face, that he really answered things to the best of his ability. Mm -hmm. But it was really interesting because after that first protocol... And I ran the technology, the music, and the affirmation that I asked him to think about while he was listening to this. Just a biofeedback technology, right? But it was amazing to see tears after the very first protocol running down his face. And first words out of his mouth, I think, if I remember correctly. You have them. But... In short order, it was, wow, I had completely blocked that out. Was that it? I don't remember exactly how it went, but he mentioned how everything was coming up again. Yep. And it was good. Big words around here is the body keeps the score. Yeah. Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, I worked with him for a year studying trauma, and he speaks to this at length. And that was a perfect example. But it was, it's fun. It's fun to be able to have a 10, 15-minute conversation, right? And boom. So when he went home, he felt a lot of hope. Yeah, he was, absolutely. Absolutely, he did. Yeah. I could see him starting to want to grow in a way, like, cause he's all, like we always said, he was a constant learner, but in a way that was more pinpointed to what would be beneficial to actually help him move through some of the battles that he had been fighting. And who knows those better than your wife? (laughs) And I think what's beautiful is here, Chris is very, very, very ill. And he had colon cancer. And he literally skipped out of my office and couldn't (laughs) wait to run home and tell his wife. And that's not unusual for us here, Natalie. But that's very unusual in the world. And... I was so happy. I couldn't wait to see him next. But one of the things he said is, my wife's going to love this. I can't wait to go home and tell her. And Chris was not always a man of many words. Not ever. (laughs) Not ever. So when he went home and told you. Oh, I mean, I was excited to try for myself. And I think something Chris and I ever since we started dating, something that we always wanted to do is grow ourselves to be the best parents, the best spouses that we could be for each other. And so every single day we were very intentional about preparing ourselves for what's to come. And 
So I was excited just to try it to see. I was like, well, what's going on in my body? Like, I want to know <laughs> if there's anything, you know, cancer takes 10 years to show up on scans. So what's going on previously is already in your body. And so I was just excited to find out, you know, what healing is there that I can become aware of that I can do in my own in my own life because as I heal then I can also you know be a better supportive spouse and help him through his journey as well among one of the wonderful things we know about cancer is that it it does have a 10-12 year incubation period Mm -hmm. and there is a cure for cancer it's prevention Mm -hmm. and that includes diet lifestyle and certainly doing all the hard emotional work understanding that the body keeps the score and finding ways to always detox emotionally, spiritually, and physically, right? Be truth seekers in all these things and pursue healing and wellness. First of all, within ourselves, right? And then with each other. Right. And then in our spheres of influence. So we're big on all that. You and he then began to see me together as well. Yes. And the whole trajectory of your marriage began to change. Yeah. We had a crash course in seasons training, fighting, planting, right? We had a crash course in all of it. It was transformational. And everything ended sooner than we had expected and we had hoped for. But it ended when it was complete. And I saw that in Chris. I had the privilege of being there, right? Tell us a little bit about that season first. Well, something you said too, you know, when things are cut short and... Something that really resonated with me actually was at Chris's celebration of life. My dad actually brought up, you know, was, was his life cut short? Mm -hmm. And, you know, after kind of going through several different points, the answer was no, like his life wasn't cut short. Yes. He, he passed away young by our standards, by our standards. Absolutely. He did. Mm -hmm. He did pass young, but he didn't pass before his, his journey was complete and you know, part of the beauty of getting to spend very intimate amount of time with Chris in the end, I was able to see how he even began to realize that and how he was at such great peace with knowing that he was finishing well and knowing that his legacy would live on because of the healing that he was able to go through. You know, I have a note that he left for Graham And I just know that Graham's going to be better, you know, for who Chris became. That's so good. Who Chris became because he completely transformed. In the two years I worked with him, I watched him become a different human being. I did. It was a beautiful thing to see. And it was, it was complete. We wanted more. That his time here was complete. Yep. And Graham, by the way, is like the cutest kid in the world. (laughs) The cutest kid. (laughs) He really is. Thinking thinking back on all those days in the meetings and watching Graham grow. Because when I began to see you guys, he was just a baby. Yeah. He learned to walk at the center. Yeah. He he learned to walk. That's right. (laughs) And I had the privilege of being there the day before Chris passed. Yeah. And I knew I just had to go see him that day. And I'm so thankful that you invited me to and I was able to go. But I'll never forget Graham still 
crawling all over his daddy mm-hmm. and his daddy touching his little head and smiling and the peace mm-hmm. because he fought with everything he had to the very end. He wanted to live. He had this little beautiful baby and this beautiful wife and an amazing career. And I'll never, ever, ever forget the peace that I saw in his eyes. The inner man's life truly expands when he finds peace with God. And I'll never, ever forget him looking at me. And I felt like I'd lived a lifetime with him because of the work that we did Mm -hmm. and how you joined right away. And of course, Graham was a part of the whole thing as well. But I just felt like I was losing a brother. And he said, thank you so much for everything you did. And I'll never forget him lifting his hand to shake my hand and the memory of that will be with me forever. So seasons cease, I guess, prematurely, I think sometimes. But when that time comes, they were complete, even if not from our perspective. Before we started the podcast, I was talking about the tapestry of our life, how the back is really messy. But when we flip it over, right, all these analogies that have been written over mm-hmm. the years about tapestries, when I see a piece of tapestry, I always think of Chris and you in our conversation. Because even having a baby during that, that's not the most ideal time. No. <laughs> but he brought so much joy. Didn't and that, he? Yeah. And Chris, ever since we were dating, like he wanted to be a dad. And so he got, he got to live that out. At the beginning stages, though, it's like the messy part of the tapestry. It looks scary and like... Mm. I made a, we made a mess of this or I made a mess of this but when it's time to put it all together and either frame it or put it on a pillow or just on display for whatever purpose that piece is created for it all makes sense I think as time is passing and seasons perhaps ended sooner than you'd expected what are you left with? Hope I mean I think that's something that I'll you know having my faith. Hope is always something that I get to cling to. And this is just part of my journey of becoming who I need to be, you know, whether it's being a better mom to Graham, you know, whether it's impacting the world, you know, I I have really large dreams and I just know that, you know, in my faith that I, I am being prepared, you know, this is just my becoming journey of who I need to be part of your training it, it's that's right. exactly that's what we were talking about i was like i feel like an athlete even though i'm definitely not an athlete <laughs> well <laughs> we are the emotionally and spiritually yes. and physically yes yeah. we are right yeah. something you just said reminded me that during the last stages mm-hmm. of chris's treatment you brought graham in to see me yes and you were observing that he was living in a very real way. Yes. Obviously, the confusion, the chaos, the dis-ease of the pilgrimage of his whole life, by the way. This was the pilgrimage of his little life. And I had encouraged, I said, why don't we evox him and let's see what his little body's holding on to. And both of our jaws pretty much dropped seeing the parallels between dad's first scan and Graham's. 
and dad was the number one, mm-hmm. and Graham's the number one, and we often talk about those generational conflicts passing down according to birth order, right? Mm-hmm. Every one, two, three, and then one, four, and seven. And I felt so much hope because Chris got to go home early, was going to be going home early. And all I could think about was I can only imagine what that's going to be like for him. But we're left here and we have Graham and you're this beautiful young mom and you've got this baby. But all I thought about is, okay, what's next? Right. Knowing that you'd be in my life forever until one of us gets to go home too. But I found so much hope in that scan because we knew exactly what we were going to have to do. And a few weeks ago, you came to see me and you asked me this time, can we scan Graham? Mm -hmm. And the scan was consistent with the behavior we were observing and the root cause of it was still so consistent with conversations I'd had with Chris. And there is hope in the times in which we live because resources and information is so readily available to us. But do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because you're the mom of a toddler listening (laughs) to all this. And thank God you had context and didn't think I was crazy. But well, yeah, Talk about everyone listening right now, I'm so, over here too, being like, well, what did the scan say? Like, yeah, it was the parallels, incredible. Yeah, I yeah. think the parallels specifically yes. is what gave me so much hope because I know exactly yeah. what we have to do and I know how to help Kirby. But it was it's shocking. It, it, it is, especially when you're dealing with a toddler that can't speak. Can't communicate. So you can see certain frustrations or certain patterns that are going on and Graham and Chris were incredibly close. Like there's not a day that that little boy didn't nap in his daddy's arms. Like that was his safe space. Gets me right. <laughs> a little emotional. But yes, the very first scan was really interesting because he was also learning to walk. And the first affirmation shown was the mistakes I make help me learn and grow. That's was, amazing. Isn't that incredible? Like yeah. I, it was like off the charts and then kind off of off the charts. Yeah, yeah. it was it was crazy. So I just kept speaking that to him and the parallels that you could see between, you know, different things that Chris had gone through and then different frustrations that I could see coming into fruition in Graham. By the way, they look identical too. They are. (laughs) They're like the same person. Wow. But it's not just their looks. It's the anatomy Mm -hmm. of his constitution, his emotional constitution parallels that of dad. Wow. And as you know, Natalie, because you're familiar with the technology too, but I do one general scan to see, hey, what's the body holding on to? What's going on with this person? And then I run a series of what's the appropriate affirmation? What's something positive that we can focus on during this segment, right? Yeah. So that this child can, or this person can experience releases from this and then they can get their bearings a little bit. Right. And the affirmation was exactly what you said. I can't believe you remember it. And I spoke it every day, many times a day to him. And then something that also I thought was really interesting when we just scanned him a couple of weeks ago was how the pattern was continued with the generational conflicts and Chris yes. has been gone now for nine months. 
So that's a very large chunk of Graham's life. And yet he still holds on to things that were passed down. Back to having hope, it's exciting for me because we do know what we're dealing with. We know how that we can address things and we know how to pray over him. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we address the behavior as parents or we feel compelled, right? Out of frustration, anger, whatever, to address the behavior, but we miss the heart. The heart. One of the thoughts that came to me as Natalie was preparing the equipment for this podcast was that when you have the variables in the right places, much like algebra, you can solve almost any equation. And I think perhaps this is a good place to close because we do have the resources and we have the technology and we have this well-thought-out REST matrix that helps us understand various equations that we must solve. And like algebra, when we put those variables in, there's a number of different problems we can solve for the outcome that we need to understand. And therein lies probably the value of what we experienced with Chris, with Graham, with you, with my other patients and clients that we work with. And so, I don't know, it's kind of exciting to have reasoned through that during this podcast as we're talking about Chris. I feel that was like a hug from Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Just excited about the future Mm -hmm. and the hope. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. I would also add that Kirby is going to be joining our team in advancing the cause of rest, Mm -hmm. both as a therapist, massage therapist, and she'll be in short order posted on the website. But she's going to be joining our team. And I also want people out there, especially local people or people that come from all over the country and even internationally that come to see us. I want them to be able to have access to the depth of understanding and the wealth of information that she has acquired through this process as a young bride and a young mom and the sensitivity, I think, and the wisdom to serve people well, I think is going to become another tier of healing that I want to offer here. And so we're so excited and happy to have you join our team i'm so excited <laughs> thank you too. so much surprise natalie yes. <laughs> oh my gosh we get kirby around all the time I know, I'm so I know. Excited. and chris i feel yeah. like we get kirby and chris yes, yes. Mm-hmm. i do want to say if you have children and you see that they're conflicted that there's been a lot going on in your mm-hmm. life in your family life let us have a shot at it before you medicate them take or put extreme them. measures. Yeah. Thank you, Natalie. Mm-hmm. Perfect words. Yeah. Before you take extreme measures, let us have a shot at engaging them. Yeah. And helping connect and identify what their body's carrying, the stories they're telling themselves. And of course, one of my favorite topics is the design that they have by a creator God that says, No, I made this little special person just the way they are. For such a time as this, for a very specific reason. Well, and even at the very least, 
we can help answer that reason why that you have. That's right. Yeah. And help you and support you as a parent. Totally. Thousand percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Want to add anything to that, Kirby? I mean, just personally having gone through witnessing it, it was just, it blew my mind and just knowing that I have more control than I think, I guess I would have assumed previously, knowing that I can actually help him and speak things over him and and understand him, him huh? and, and understand, understand him. him. Like, why is he throwing this fit? You know, it's not they're trying to communicate something. And that's where a lot of the frustration comes. And they don't even know. They can't communicate. They, can't. they don't have yeah. words. You know, it just struck me what? when parents, when moms or dads say, you're just like your dad. You're just like your mom. You're just like your brother. You're just like your sister. In fact, it's an unresolved conflict that they can't identify. They can't speak to. They can't understand. And... Even if I could talk to them for 10 or 15 minutes, depending on the age, they don't even have the resources to do anything about it. Yeah. But oftentimes when they're young enough to understand words and concepts, we can help them identify for the age group, right? Yeah. What they're telling themselves and what their bodies holding on to. Yeah. When those two narratives, even in young children, are explained to them, it's amazing. Their eyes get really big and the mouth just closes really tight. And it's like hope. Yeah. That's it. It's well, hope. I honestly, see hope. The way that it's like, and, and I was a nanny for many years, so it's it's so interesting because I've noticed that when kids get very frustrated and they don't have that ability to communicate those things, it reminds me of being a foreigner in a foreign land where you have not even heard this language before and all you're doing is asking for the bathroom (laughs) and you can't find it and you are frantic and you're trying to communicate and no one's understanding you and that gets frustrating. That to me reminds me of a toddler and how they process because they understand what they're feeling. They understand like their own thoughts but we don't and they don't have the ability to communicate that and that's so, that that can be so frustrating. So having Mm. this technology where we're able to actually like see what's going on with them and then we then can communicate it to them and then they're like yes that's exactly what it is that's right it's just yeah the epiphany for them to watch it and it often helps mom and dad yes look at themselves yes and say i wish we would have done it a lot sooner actually absolutely because i think mom and dad could have had different conversations actually it would have we would have been having the same conversations with a lot more intensity and focus and a lot more hope and faith in the sense that, wow, the psychology of the parents becomes the biology of the child. Yeah. And what happens in their first year of life becomes their program. Yeah. And so if we understand the conflicts in those things, we can help reconcile that. And I guess now we're talking about the season of Graham's life I know. and your yeah, life together because of Chris. Yeah. So it's it goes on. Life goes on. Thank you, Kirby. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Natalie. All right, everyone. Don't forget about our Newport Beach Day of Rest event on February 26th. If you haven't registered yet, there are still a few spots available, but they are going very quickly. Also, all of the information is already on the website. And please feel free to call us if you have any questions. 
For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week. <laughs>